Welcome in everyone, this is the Full 10 Yards NFL Podcast, hope you're all doing well, I hope you've had your fix of XFL across the weekend as well, if you've uh, been having withdrawal symptoms from the NFL, obviously XFL started over at the weekend, more on that later. We have a QB carousel podcast in front of us here today, one of the obviously the most important position on the NFL field, so we're going to be talking about quarterbacks that are maybe looking for new homes this offseason, in the case of Philip Rivers, maybe uh, one with 10 rooms in or 11 rooms, maybe even 20, I don't know. Yeah, we'll talk about that a bit later. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Dak Prescott. We're going to talk about uh, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and all the rest of them as well. Um, we're also going to be looking at uh, teams that might be uh, fulfilling their their needs for uh, the QB position in the draft as well in third down. Uh, take a look at some of the, the teams that are going to be uh, maybe perhaps drafting QB in round one. And then fourth down is, of course, uh, new. we're trying, trying out something new here at the full 10 yards. We're going to call it your down, where we talk for approximately 10 minutes on something that we put out on social media we're going to put out a vote every every week a couple of topics you vote and then we'll talk about it for uh, like I say towards the end of the podcast so this week uh, we are going to be talking international series games as well uh, talk a bit about Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, Jaguars Jaguars anyway however Jaguar. you want to Jaguars <laughs> Jaguars Jaguars uh, but anyway <laughs> anyway that's for fourth down uh, and then the first down we are doing a little bit of a quarterback quiz on the 2019 season as well so uh, be interesting to see uh, which of the boys uh, takes that that takes that title? And when I say which of the boys, uh, we have three guys alongside me today in the huddle. First up, uh, the first voice you heard there was Lawrence. Lawrence, welcome in. How are you doing? Not too bad. Just wanted to get a little bit of on-topic news for you with the Oscar winner. Did you did you spot the former NFL Oscar winner? I did, but his I, name escapes me. I had to look him up. So it's a guy called Matthew Cherry. That's it. It's not yeah. Matthew Berry from ESPN. No, it's Matthew Cherry, <laughs> and his 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 claim to fame, apart from winning an Oscar, was that he he was on the active roster for the Cincinnati Bengals for one game in <laughs> 2004, but he still manages to garnish the headline: former NFL player mm. wins Oscar. Wins Oscar. There you go. Uh, the second person in on the uh, on the podcast today, Sean. Uh, obviously, you're an XFL enthusiast from what I saw over the weekend. Yeah, I thought I enjoyed it, mate. I thought it was uh, very good. Put an article out today. I had some uh, good feedback on that. I think in general terms, it's probably surpassed lots of people's expectations. Um, it can only grow from here. We're going to start covering it more and more. Um, mm. That seems to be what the fans want to hear about. So, yeah, probably be a podcast coming later in the week and certainly some articles dotted in throughout as well mate but uh, mm. still very much part of the NFL team as well Absolutely yeah XFL certainly yeah, blew up on the on the website over the weekend so appreciate everyone that uh, checked all that out and checked out the obviously people were curious and interested so let's hope let's hope that's translated to kind of viewership over this side of the pond as well and say uh, go and check uh, Sean's articles out there as well and also Michael's uh, Michael Lavery one of our new writers here at the full 10 yards another good piece as well he had a cracking week one preview uh, preview as well uh, and I think he's putting together a review of that weekend as well but yeah cracking effort from from you boys uh, talking of articles uh, a third member of the podcast today, Alex Lewis. You've uh, re- we've put up a uh, Byron Jones article. Alex, how are you, uh, how are you doing? 
I'm very well, thank you. Just uh, just want to avoid getting embarrassed in the quiz, and then I'll be happy with my performance. <laughs> turn up, don't, don't turn up for the first quarter. Turn up for the third, the, the, the back three. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's not how you start; it's how you finish. But uh, yeah, but we should. So yeah, obviously you are obviously a, a, like myself, Dallas Cowboys fan, and Byron Jones, obviously one of the bigger talking points of Dallas Cowboys uh, in this off season. Um, yeah, just a quick th- ten seconds on on what the article's all about. Yeah, just a quick look through kind of his history, what he's achieved in the league, and and kind of where the where I think the Dallas Cowboys should go with uh, with re-signing him amongst all the other guys that they've got to try and get sorted this off season. Mm, certainly, certainly a lot of uh, chess pieces to deal with there, but that's for later on in the off season. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's get down to first and ten, and it's the quarterback quiz of twenty nineteen. First Okay, ladies and gentlemen, play along at home. Obviously, full ten questions is a, is a staple of our NFL podcasts during the season. Uh, that will be that's obviously on IR for a little bit, but I thought I'd bring it back in spirit and uh, put the boys through ten questions. Uh, there is a bonus uh, question as well at the end for uh, for that extra point, but we'll see what everyone kind of remembers from the 2019 season in terms of uh, quarterbacks. So, let's get to it then, folks. Are you are you boys ready? Are you ready? Are you nervous? How are we feeling? Silence. Not, not optimistic. <laughs> Silence. Uh, Lawrence, if you don't get the first question right, mate, there's uh, something wrong with you. So there's a there's a layup first off. So just to just to just to get you boys settled in. Right. I've probably I've probably given the first question away uh, already. To be honest. So there we go. Anyway, let's start. Let's go. Let's go. Play play along at home. See. Yeah, let's know how many uh, questions you get right. But we'll start off, with, fellas, with question one: Which quarterback had the most passing touchdowns? Write down on your bits of paper and then give me a thumbs up when you're done. No searching on Google. Not that you need to for that question, but there you go. <laughs> right. What we got then, fellas? Alex, what you got? Lamar Jackson, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Sean, you've got Lamar Jackson in front of you as well. That's good. And sure. Uh, Lawrence, who have you gone for? Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I've gone for my husband. Your husband. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's easy. That's a nice, easy one. I thought I'd give you a layup all first off. Um, right. Here we go. Question two. Which player had the highest completion percentage in 2019? Alex, you're going to have to give me a, an audible to let me know that you're, you're ready. For yeah, no, I'm all, all good. Yeah, yeah, all good to go on this one. Cool. Sean, Lawrence, be good. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah, right, okay. Alex, what you got? Drew Brees, I believe. Yep, that is correct. Drew Brees, I can see in front of you, Sean, there as well. Lawrence? Yeah, I had the Drewster. The Drewster. Right, we'll let... Good lad, good lad. Right, that's two apiece. Good to see, good to see. Right, here we go. Let's turn it, let's turn it up a little bit. Which, uh, which quarterback had the longest completed pass of 2019? It was 93 yards. I'll give you that. A 93-yarder. I'll give you another clue as well if you want it. And it was, uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind another clue, yeah. Yeah. Lawrence, you can, have, you can re-guess because that's wrong. Uh, it oh, was okay, in, it, in the NFC, it was. In the NFC. I narrowed it down to probably about 16. Johnny's good to go. Lawrence is yeah, I'm, I'm good to go. Right, Alex, where you got? It's a hopeful one, I must admit. I think it's Matt Ryan. Okay, and that's what Matt, that's what Sean has got as well. Lawrence, where are you going for? Oh, no, 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 no. Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub. 
No, it was indeed Matt Ryan, but yeah, no, not, not Matt Sharp's a backup there in Atlanta, isn't he? No, I know, but didn't he, that it was that backup receiver, wasn't it, that caught it with the silly name? With the silly name. Well, coming from the names you've pulled out during the season, there's not a, it doesn't really narrow it down, does it? <laughs> Too true, too true. Okay, question four. There's one of two answers here. I'm looking for either. You don't have to give me both. Name either quarterback that had the most passing attempts in 2019. Again, both NFC. I'll give you the number. It's 626 for those people listening at home. Okay, Alex, what are you going for? Oh, it's a bit of a bit of a guess, but I know he went big this year. So, Jameis Winston, I'm hoping. Okay, uh, I can see that's what Lawrence has got as well. Sean, what are you going for? Jamie, Jamie is. Yep, I will take that. Jamie is. Lame is. Uh, Jamie is and his magic torch. Anyone, everyone, everyone want to have a guess at the other one? Bonus point? Oof. I'd have probably gone Matt Ryan again, but like Lawrence said, he did miss a game, but I know he throws the ball an awful lot. They've not got much of a ground game over there, have they? So I'd probably uh, have gone Matt Ryan again. Lawrence, Alex? Shot in the dark. Yeah, I would have, I would have gone Matt Ryan because he's, yeah. He's right. um, Alex, I'll go out there. Carson Wentz. No, you're all wrong. It was Jared Goff. <laughs> so there you go. Okay, question five: Which quarterback had the highest quarterback rating on the season? AFC this time. Sean is good. Lawrence, give me a thumbs up when you are ready. Uh, yep, Lawrence, Alex, you good? Yeah, all good. Go on, what you got? Oh, it's got to be Lamar Jackson, surely. Okay, Sean. Sean has gone at Ryan Tannehill, and Lawrence is at Tannehill as well. I can see. I can see a T. I can't really see much else. Yeah, I yeah. can see Tannehill. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill is correct. Ryan Tannehill. It was. I think it was about a point over um, Drew Brees. I think off the top of my head, but uh, yeah. Uh, okay, question six. Which quarterback in the NFC South lost the most total yards on their sacks? NFC South, did you say? N- NF- NFC South, yep. Yeah. Which quarterback had the most accumulated la- yards lost on sacks? Oh, dear. I forgot the guy's bloody name. Um... Can't I can see I can't quite see your answer there, Lance. I'll get you to shout it out in a, in a second, Alex. They had a lot of sacks. on Matt Ryan. Okay, Alex, going Matt Ryan. Lawrence, where you got there? Winston. Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston. Sean, who are you going for? It's really embarrassing. I haven't even written a name down. It's the I'm, I'm going with the Panthers QB, but I can't remember the, for the life of me the Ooh. name. Of him. It's just it's Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen, that's him. I will give you that, Sean. It was indeed Carl Allen. Good Do bit I get of team work there, Lawrence. His answer in for him. <laughs> well, no, Good come on. He, he said he said backup QB first, so we'll, we'll give him that. We'll give him that. Anyway, uh, okay. Question seven. Uh, staying in the NFC North, uh, NFC North. Which uh, per, which quarterback per PFF had the highest percentage of bad throws, excluding spikes and throwaways? More than one in five passes that were was a bad throw for this quarterback in the NFC North. Yeah, I'm at it. Thumbs up when you are ready, folks. Okay, Alex, what are you going for? Oh, I don't like bashing on him, but it's got to be Trubisky in my, in my mind. 
Okay, Alex has gone Trubisky. Sean has also gone Trubisky, and Lawrence has also gone Trubisky. Do you know what, folks? You're all wrong. It was none other than Aaron Rodgers himself. Oh, unbelievable. Oh. Unbelievable, Jeff. Yeah, 21, 21.2%. So there you go. Maybe PFF have got it in Aaron Rodgers, who knows? But there we go. Okay, we're getting a bit funky now. Question eight, which quarterback in the AFC North had the most batted passes with 20? Sure, Sean's thumbs up straight away. Lawrence, and Lawrence, give me a thumbs up when you're ready. And Alex, give me a shout as well. Lawrence is ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Alex, what are you going for? I'm going Baker Mayfield. Okay, Sean has gone Baker and so has Lawrence. Yep, full house, Baker Mayfield, 20 batted passes there on the season. Was that was that easy? I don't know. Is it he's, he's not crap? the tallest, is he? Bless no, I, no, I thought that when I read it out. <laughs> so that is, it's kind of, you, kind of, you, kind of, you kind of line them up, don't you? Mm. Lamar, Jack, Lamar Jackson didn't throw that many, did he? Uh, <laughs> it, it, it was just incredibly accurate and won the MVP. So yep. you, you can... You hate all you like. Absolutely. Better way, but it's Jim. Absolutely. Right, okay. in the AFC South, which quarterback... Uh, sorry, moving to the AFC South, which quarterback had the most scrambles on the season with 49? It's a difficult one, this one. A few mobile QBs. I'll be shocked if any of you, any of you get this. But you never know. You might surprise me. That's fellas. a clue into itself, yeah. Well, Exactly. Do, 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 do. Sean is ready. Lawrence is ready. Alex, I'm ready. what are you going for? Yeah, all good. Yeah, what I'm are you going, going for? for Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett. Okay, Alex has gone at Jacoby Brissett. You've all gone Jacob, Jacoby Brissett. I can tell you, folks, it was a Jacksonville quarterback, a Gardner Minshew. It was the mustachioed one, wasn't it? The mustachioed yeah. one, indeed. Right, let's have a quick uh, quick look at the scores. We've got Sean on six, we've got Lawrence on five, and Alex on five as well. So all to play for, two questions left to go. Two, um, two, yeah, two questions left to go. It's getting, it's getting interesting. Anyone can win it. Okay, question 10, as you know from the full 10 questions, is a number question to get within a certain number of yardage. So, ladies and gentlemen, what was within 10,000, what was the total number of pass yards in the 2019 <laughs> regular season? Oh, you do these silly questions. Oh, my oh. good God. Oh, Within dear. the nearest 10,000? Correct. <laughs> the look on your face, Lawrence. Uh, excellent. I'll give, you, I'll give you a tiny bit of time on this one. And then we've got. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a guess. I'm not. I can't do any maths on it. Right. Okay. So Lawrence has gone. Lawrence has posted his to uh, to Sean to have a look at. Yeah, I'm all. I'm all ready. Alex is gone as well. Shawnee, give me a, a thumbs up when you he's good to go. Right, Alex, what you got? One hundred and ten thousand. Okay, he's gone one hundred and ten thousand. Lawrence, you went one hundred thousand dead on. Sean, what are you gone for? One hundred and fifteen thousand. Oh. Uh, it was 128,911. So Sean just missing out on the uh, on the clincher there. Oh, I've, I've just realised I haven't got a t- I haven't got a tiebreaker. Anyway, okay. Question. You won't need it, mate. Don't worry. You won't. <laughs> <laughs> question. Question eleven. Now here's a good one for you. This is one kind of stats life as well, if you like. Uh, which punter 
had the only completed pass which went for negative yardage, leaving me as the only person on the season with negative pass yards. It was the AFC, and you can have two guesses here, one for the team and one for the punter. Good Lord. Where do you find these questions? (laughs) I've no idea. So essentially, this could be a two-pointer because if you know the te- if you get the team right and then you name their punter, then you could get a two a twofer. Which at this point, so six, five, and five other scores is uh, could be could be crucial. Lawrence, that's an interesting face there, mate. Uh, I, uh, it's just it's it's a one in thirty-two guess. I can't even name. Main punters, apart from apart from obviously the second team All Pro punter and Pro Bowl punter from the NFC, Tress Way. So, well, let me make it easy for you. Let, let me make it easy for one in thirty-one. It's not Tress Way. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't throw the ball. Um, that's, that's your clue. <laughs> okay, okay. I've written it badly, but let's do it again. Here we go. Right, Sean's ready, Lawrence is ready. Uh, Alex, you ready? Uh, give me literally two seconds. I'm just having a... I've got a team and I'm just trying to think of the name. Okay, no worries. Sean, what have you gone for? I've got Thomas Morstead, Saints. No idea. Lawrence, uh, did I see Johnny Hecker there? You did see Johnny Hecker because it's okay. a what-the-heck kind of move. Yeah, very nice, very nice. Alex? I still can't think of the name. I'm just, I'm going to go with the Dolphins, but I just can't think of the name. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see what you've done there. Okay. Well, um, yeah, you're all wrong. It was the Baltimore punter, Sam Cock. Minus negative three yards on his pass completion. So there you go. I'm glad I didn't waste too much time trying to think of the name. No, absolutely not. No. So uh, there you go. I was wondering, Lawrence, if you'd go Baltimore, actually, because you, so the amount of uh, Baltimore football you've ever watched this season, you might have actually seen that, but there we go. You might, you might yeah. have watched it and not even known it. <laughs> The minus one, I think that's what's got me. I can recall punters having some completions. We've had them in the playoffs, but not a minus one. Hmm. But, well, there we that's go. What threw me. So you all know the scores. Sean is the winner by the point. Six, five to five. But crack, good effort. Good effort from all of you. Half, half, um, half things right. So yeah, pat yourselves on the on the back. So there we go. Let, let us know uh, how you did at home. Is that any, if you better the five and six, um, yeah, do let us know that full 10 yards. And let us know if you've got any of the difficult ones. So, yeah, well done, fellas. Um, impressed with that. We'll, when we do the wide receivers and the running backs at some point in the off-season, we'll do something similar. So now you kind of know what to prepare for. We know, we know where we're going. Right. Okay, let's get to the good, <laughs> let's get to the good stuff. That's the, that's the fun stuff out of the way. But let's get to the good stuff in second and 10. Second. Down. Okay, yes, indeed. So like I say, my main point of this podcast is to do the QB carousel. I'm going to look at a couple of quarterbacks now uh, who may who may leave, who may stay in their current locations, and that's what we are going to find out. We start off with Mr. Dak Prescott himself. Um, obviously, probably one of the biggest names uh, in terms of 
well, obviously, obviously we've got Rivers, Brady and Breeze, who are obviously the bigger names and well-established quarterbacks, but Dak Prescott's probably uh, probably the biggest uh, in, biggest interest, I suppose. I'm not just saying that as a Cowboys fan. Um, but yeah, Alex, this is a guy who led led an excited Dallas offense to, you know, he was second in passing yards, um, but obviously that didn't really translate to uh, to the wing column, to be honest. Obviously, yeah, eight and eight season for the Cowboys, um, which would probably the reason many point to why the Cowboys won't win a Super Bowl with him and are just waiting in the wings with their rubbing their hands at the, at the prospect of Dak Prescott getting a massive, massive contract. Um, but talking of Mr. Campbell's chunky Mac soup himself, um, it probably says a lot about Dak Prescott, the fact that his probably main talking point of this season was his pre-game, uh, his pre-game hip shaking warm-up. Yeah, I mean... In, in many respects, is a very good season, Dak Prescott. In some respects, not so quite a great season. I think it's, it was interesting immediately coming off the season that he, it came out that he turned down $33 million a yeah. year. I think that kind, of, that kind of posted it up on the wall for anyone who didn't realise they were going to go for a top, a top, top deal. Um, and in many respects, fair enough. Obviously, a great, great, great year this year in terms of the yardage, um, especially considering they're entering a brand new system. Um, but I think it caught a lot of people by surprise talk kind of last week that, that they might tag him. Mm. Um, obviously this year they get two uses of the tag because it's the end of the um, CBA, the yeah. bargaining agreements coming up. So they get two tags, but yeah, I still think it came to a surprise for a lot of people that, that that might be an option on the table at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, like I say, the CBA is, it's a really interesting chess match between Dak Prescott and the, and the Dallas Cowboys, obviously vibes coming out from the Cowboys and Stephen Jones is that they want to get it done this off season. It's a priority. Um, you know, there is a franchise tag available. There is a transition tag available. Um, but the, obviously the other fly in the ointment is that there is an outside chance the CBA does get done before, was it before March or April? Um, so again, that would, that would kill the transition tag if, if one was agreed, but you have to think, that they would still operate under the under the same rules as if the CBA hadn't uh, is not agreed before that time. Um, in terms of contract, Alex, what what do you think we would be would be looking at for Dak Prescott? Obviously, you know he's before the season he didn't take the thirty three million. He's bet on himself and kind of won uh, in in some respects in terms of the way he's played and the stats that he's put up. Um, do you think he'll do that again if they if he allows the Dallas Cowboys to fran- fr- franchise tag him? Because you know this could go terribly wrong for the Cowboys, and it usually does uh, when it when it comes to contracts. But <laughs> yeah, you know, let's let's say hypothetically the Cowboys make a deep playoff run this season, and he's under the franchise tag. Um, Patrick Mahomes is obviously the guy that he's, well, he's that Dak Prescott's got his eye on as well because he's he's up for renewal. But there is a world and there is a scenario where Patrick Mahomes gets paid off this off season. Uh, Dak Prescott then has a really good season and you know gets to maybe let, let's say hypothetically gets to the Super Bowl he could somehow out earn Patrick, Patrick Mahomes and that's even on top of all the endorsements that he currently gets yeah I think to be honest with you whatever happens to Pat Mahomes I think he still ends up being the top paid I think even for Dak Prescott obviously him and his agent have some kind of ideas of grandeur in terms of that they can be earning the top in the league I think Pat Mahomes will probably still end up getting more but I wouldn't be surprised if we see him just nudge Dak Prescott nudge just in under that 40 million whether that's this year um, or or indeed next year, I think it's going to be around that sort of figure. Um, but yeah, obviously, if they end up in the playoffs this year under the, uh, under the tag, maybe we are having a different conversation this time next year. But I just mm. think uh, we know how good Mahomes is. If anything, the Super Bowl is just reaffirming that he's going to have to be the top paid in the league. And I think I'm not sure it will affect uh, Prescott's price mm, too yeah, much, to be honest. 
No, but it's a very interesting one. I say with the obviously the salary cap, salary cap rising as well, and you know um, possibly you've got some agents out there trying to link their the, their clients' salaries to a percentage of the salary cap to help mm. yeah their, their clients when when the salary cap does go up as well. Because you've got obviously the influx of of money coming from gambling. You've got obviously the new CBA as well. So uh, obviously you have the potential of a seventeen game season on top of that. So um, yeah, very interesting times. But I, I certainly see a scenario where Dak Prescott gets more than Patrick Mahomes if, if let's say Patrick Mahomes gets done this off season uh, and then and Dak Prescott is done the season after I'm not saying it's the right thing to do I just think it, it's a possibility that is there uh, also what is a possibility some other things is you know a long I've got a funny feeling this Dak Prescott contract is going to be kind of a uh, what's the word it's going to be unprecedented in, in what it could be. I, I could actually see something like an eight, eight, seven, eight-year, nine-year nine contract um, with God knows how much money. I mean, we could be talking, what, 250, 270, 20, maybe even close to 300, 220 million. So um, how much of that will be guaranteed, all guaranteed or, you know, it's, it's, it's quite the range, the range of outcomes here is, is quite interesting. Like I say, it's a very interesting chess match to see you know, if Dak Prescott is going to just, just put his feet up and say, Do you know what? I'm going to bet on myself again next season. Let the new CBA come in. There's going to be a lot more money around, and I'm going to make myself even more rich. Um, you know, because this is a guy who's been living on off paltry contracts um, for you know, ever since he came into the league. So, uh, on top of the endorsements he's getting as well, he's going to be a, a very rich boy. Um, obviously, mindful we have other quarterbacks to get through as well. So, we do a quick round table of what we think. Uh, uh, these quarterbacks are going to do so. Let's start with Dak Prescott. Then Alex, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen to Dak Prescott this offseason? Contract or no contract? Uh, I I think he ends up still getting a contract this season. I think that Jerry Jones doesn't want to let that go on too long, so I think he ends up getting his long-term deal this year. Yeah, absolutely, Sean. I think he gets tagged. Um, I think they're still going to want to see him. Uh, you know, reproduce what he did at the first half of this season. Like you said, you know, his season ultimately, you know, didn't lead to the playoffs this year. So I think they're going to want to see, you know, more before they invest heavily. I'd, I'd go for the tag option. Mm, interesting. And if he does get tagged, do you reckon he plays? And or do you reckon he does the silly holdout things that, most, that everyone seems to want to do these days? Um, who knows is the honest answer on that one. I mean, to be honest, it's a bit of a shame, really. You know, the, the tag's in the bargaining agreement. So, you know, ultimately it should be respected. But, you know, whether it will be or not remains to be seen. He's got him over a barrel either way, hasn't he, really? So mm. it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Unfortunately, you've kind of hamstrung yourself by you obviously paying Zeke the money that you did last year as well. Mm, absolutely. OK, uh, Lawrence? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Sean on this one about the, the tag. But it's one of the, it's one of those interesting ones. Quarterbacks, because of the unique position, I can't see him holding out because you know you look what happened with Zeke last season. Came in last minute and then he was kind of fresh as a daisy and it was all good and he could start the season and it it kind of went okay. Could have gone better if obviously had been there for the entire off season. But with, with a quarterback, you can't just suddenly like introduce a quarterback on the, the last week of August and, and expect your team to be performing. Mm. So it's one of those ones where if he does get tagged, I think he will be, he will be kind of reporting for duty. Mm. Maybe not with a smile on his face or, you know, he, he won't have as many Oikos yogurts, but it will be, you know, he'll be there 
Well, I'm, I'm sure the uh, the 50 million he's reportedly getting each year for his sponsorships, uh, he's not going to be too bad. He's not going to be too out of pocket, let's put it that way. Uh, okay, talking about out of pocket, Philip Rivers has nine children, so generally you're going to end up out of pocket. But he's moved all of those folks over to Florida. I think that's due to tax tax reasons but um i can't quite remember why he's done that um but yeah obviously when you've got nine children you need to save all the pennies and you need to keep on playing football for as long as possible so um yeah obviously it come out today that philip rivers is not going to be um a, a la charger next season so um a couple of landing spots potentially for philip rivers but obviously over in florida you've got a couple of teams there and a couple of teams just outside of florida as well but sean um interesting to see where rivers uh you know kind of ends up here I think Rivers is a really interesting one because he's obviously got a phenomenal career record. Um, he's going to be one of those guys that probably splits opinion whether he'll end up Hall of Fame bound or not. Based on pure stats, he's, he's up there with the best of him. He obviously hasn't got the rings to back it up. Um, but if you look at this off-season in terms of where he lands, it's very difficult to actually find a logical landing spot for him. I know that there's the obvious one with Tampa. With As you said, he's obviously moved the family over to Florida. Um, but realistically, is James Winston anything other than a younger version of Philip Rivers? You know, he's he's a chancer. He, he pushes the ball downfield. He throws plenty of picks, as we know. But that's pretty much Philip Rivers. Um, obviously, just a much younger version. So Tampa doesn't make a lot of sense. You would assume Miami are going through the draft. Jacksonville have obviously got a lot of money invested in Nick Foles and potentially have got something in Gardner Minshew. So none of the Florida teams make an awful lot of sense. Hmm. Um I think the one that probably makes the most sense, but it's whether they will move on from him, is Chicago, whether they'll move on from Trubisky. Um, obviously, they've invested a lot of money in Trubisky. Um, but I think everyone would agree that they you know, are being probably held back currently and they would need an upgrade there. I think the other one potentially is the Colts, but that would be very short-term thinking, I would suggest. Um, I love you know, the Colts. I love the Colts as a dark horse. Yeah, I think it's a bit short term, but obviously they were sort of thrown in at the deep end, obviously with Andrew Luck retiring on the eve of last season. Um, so the Colts potentially makes a bit of sense. Um, but the difficulty that Rivers has got is all of these solutions are very much short term, aren't they? You know, there's nothing that sort of springs out that says this is somewhere you can go and play for the next two or three years. Um, you know, and ultimately that might be proving difficult for him. I know we're going to talk about another guy next and I suppose the other likely landing spot is if um, Tom Brady does move on um, the Patriots potentially um, you know for someone to come in with a veteran presence um, but you know struggling really to find a really good logical landing spot I'll, I'll probably say that like I say the Bears probably the ones that make the most sense in terms of the need but whether they would do it or not it's a different story. Mm, yeah, well, I suppose then if uh, Philip Rivers is not able to find anywhere anywhere adequate, the, uh, the the nine kids will have to just cut back on their Christmas presents for for a couple of years. Who knows? <laughs> It'd actually quite make quite an interesting uh, color co- uh, color co- commentator on the in the in the broadcast booth, but I'm not quite sure he's uh, he's quite the uh, the caliber of client that they want in the booth. But we shall see. Anyway. Moving swiftly on, we head over to Foxborough, where Mr. TB12 himself uh, potentially because, yeah, he's a, can be a free agent this off season as well. So, um, obviously, some rumours are that he might be heading over to California to help with his TB12 brand. But Lawrence, what what what, what do you see happening with with Tom Brady? Because he's what forty two years old now. Surely, um, it's it's New England or bust for him. Not quite. Not quite, but before before I give you a little bit of analysis, you've inspired me, Tim. So oh, yeah. I've got 
I've got a little song for your listeners. Ah, oh, here we go. So, here we go. Brady, Brady, give me your answer, do. Pats fans are crazy, all for the love of you. It won't <laughs> be a stylish marriage. Bill won't rent you a carriage. But you'll look sweet upon the seat of a Bugatti made for two. There you go. See, look, I bring I bring out the best in people, don't I? I bring out there the absolute go. best in people. <laughs> so, yeah, on to, on to a slightly more serious <laughs> note. So, at the moment, Brady's salary is projected at thirty million um, for twenty twenty with the Patriots, despite the fact he is a um, unrestricted free agent. He has made over the course of his Patriots career two hundred and thirty-five million dollars, which is just—it's a bit of money, know, isn't it? It's a good bit of money. It's almost a quarter of a billion dollars that he has made, and that doesn't include what he's going to make in twenty twenty. Mm. So his 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 performance and his stat line has gone down. 24 touchdowns this season was the lowest since his injury-riddled 20, sorry, 2008 season. He can't be tagged, um, unlike some of our other quarterback friends who are as part of this carousel. This is um, He represents a cap hit of $6.75 million this year for the Patriots and a dead cap of $13.5 million. So looking at kind of market value where you've got some of the quarterbacks that have signed the big contracts, the likes of Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Big Ben, their average salary is between 33 and 34 million a season. So Brady is probably going to be in and amongst that despite the fact he's 42 years old. Mm. So really, I think it's, it's the big news obviously with, Philip Rivers officially parting ways. I think there's a there's a high likelihood that he could be going to the Chargers. The Chargers are not uh, a terrible team. They're not in rebuild mode. They're not the best franchise, but they have got some talent kind of all over the field. They've got a pretty decent defense. They've got Keenan Allen, you know, Hunter Henry if he can stay fit. Uh, Melvin Gordon. So they, they've got some assets there. So mm. this is going to be an interesting one. The mm. other option, of course, is that, that he ends up in Sin City. But I don't think with his brand and his kind of, his sort of purity that he expresses, that going to Las Vegas is really going to work for, for, for the, you know, the, the TD12 brand and kind of the, the good living. Mm. So if anything... Um, I, I'm I'm on a kind of 60-40 him going to the Chargers the other 40% re-signing with the Patriots yeah I mean it's an interesting one because you have also have the caveat that the Chargers need to put bums on seats and Tom Brady going over to LA will certainly do that uh, I just can't see that someone in, uh, 42 years old wanting to go and learn uh, new offense and new verbiage I mean yeah 
you could possibly get when Tom if Tom Brady does move that you could still employ kind of the offense that he knows and the verbiage so it doesn't it's not much of a transition but at 42 do you really want to be learning a new offense and not have the offensive line and the, and the setup that he has in New England probably not but yeah you, you wouldn't rule it out these days and like I say uh, Los Angeles is the market for someone like you know for, for brands and that kind of stuff as well so if he does want to uh, kind of explore those kind of uh, you know, those those avenues and he, LA is the place to go. So uh, yeah, be wait, wait and see on that one. It certainly would uh, open up a can of worms. Uh, Hoover would, would place him in, in Foxborough in New England. So uh, be quite interesting. I'm obviously conscious. I didn't get everyone's thoughts on Philip Rivers as well. So we do, we do it twice around table on where we think uh, Rivers and Brady kind of goes. So uh, Sean, where did you think Rivers was going to go? Gun to your head. Uh. I think, like I said, the Bears makes sense. I, I can't see anything else. It's a big call for the Bears, but I just can't see anything else, obviously. Mm. Uh, Lawrence? Rivers? I'm not sure he gets a deal done with anywhere immediately. I mm. I, I just can't see... Again, I'm, I'm kind of with Sean. It's a bit of a head-scratcher. It's not that I can't think of somewhere for him to go. I just, I just can't see it. I just don't think anyone... He, he's it's just it's a tough one I was kind of cycling through all of the the teams and it's as likely that he'll go and sign with the Redskins as anything you know <laughs> we, you know we, we haven't got the perfect quarterback situation we, I know we're coming on to talk about the the younger end of the scale later on but you know yeah I, interesting I, maybe maybe he maybe he's one of these kind of people that that it goes it kind of drags on a little bit yeah, yeah, get signed very quickly. Yeah, no, it, it does. Uh, it does certainly scream. If a quarterback goes down, he'll come in and kind of be the savior for the rest of the season. He obviously uh, in case uh, in case of emergency, break glass kind of uh, situation. So we, yeah, we shall see. Um, uh, Alex, what do you what do you reckon about uh, Rivers? Down to the Colts, me ready-made team, ready to win. Um, and Frank Reich was actually his QB coach in 2013 and offensive coordinator for him in 2014 and 15. Mm. So there's a bit of a connection there. So uh, yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah, I'm 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 all in on the uh, the Colts for Rivers. Uh, Sean uh, Brady, going absolutely nowhere. I, I just do not envisage a world that he plays for anybody other than the Patriots. If he was bothered about brandy to gone years ago, he's always played on a hometown discount. I can't see him changing now. I think he's more bothered about his legacy, and rightfully so. I think he either retires or he re-signs. I don't think there's any other option. Alex, same for you? Yeah, exactly the same. Can't imagine him anywhere else, to be honest with you. No. Okay, we shall see you. I'm willing to put a sandwich on it. Oh. Anyone want to go with the sandwich? Yeah, right, we'll, take, we'll take the sandwich up. For week, sandwich one, week one, 2020, yep. Tom Brady will be suiting up in a kit other than the Patriots, I will put a sandwich out there. All right, we'll take that. We'll t- I'll take Patriots. Yep, is that three three sandwiches Deal. to one? There you go. Nearly a whole week's worth Hop of uh, lunches sorted for you. <laughs> Two, right. <laughs> okay let's move on to someone uh, obviously another one that's going to be very much inducted into the Hall of Fame as soon as he is eligible for that that's Drew Brees over in New Orleans um, I've kind of got the feeling here that the signs and all the signs are pointing to him retiring um, to be to be honest usually 
um, he is one to when you know once he comes off the field, he say, "Oh, I'm coming back. I'm you know I'm not done." Blah blah blah. Um, obviously, he spent he spent 14 years in New Orleans, 41 year old now. Uh, obviously, bought them the first Super Bowl. But look at his contract. He's got essentially he's got avoidable year in 2020. Um, there's some people, some whispers going around that he is not. He's he's kind of has had enough uh, and has actually taken some calls in terms of going to the broadcast booth as well. So um, he said he's currently going to take time away before making a decision which says to me actually that retirement is a real possibility for Drew Brees because normally he's the kind of guy he's a competitor he'll come out and say I'm still I'm still going to go I'm still going to I've still got more to give uh, and obviously he's not giving out those vibes at the moment so um I mean yeah you, you've got to give him the grace period he's 41 you have to wonder if he can take all the you know the the, the knocks and stuff that he's got obviously he's had, uh, he had arm issues uh, towards the back end of seasons over the last couple of years as well so uh, and part of me does wonder whether or not he kind of will mimic or Brady and, and Breeze will mimic each other just because they've got those kind of touchdown pass records going on and all the rest of it as well and obviously both of those guys want to have the last laugh and, and be atop of those leaderboards so um, yeah uh, considering the competitiveness of him and Brady I, I think they'll both come to the same decision whatever that is as well so I suppose if I'm if I'm saying that Tom Brady's staying in New England uh, Drew Brees is obviously going to be staying in New Orleans but Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater obviously there he's st- he stuck around uh, despite offers from Miami um, obviously hoping well hoping maybe not um, that Drew Brees was retires and then he gets to kind of be in control of that high octane offense with with Sean Payton as well. So, um, yeah, interesting times with Drew Brees. We'll do a quick roundtable on this one. Drew Brees, Alex. Um, I think he retires. Um, like you said, normally he's pretty quick out the gate with uh, saying what he's going to do, and uh, especially in the interviews that he was doing during the Super Bowl week, he seemed quite reserved about the whole thing. I think he goes to see him. John. Yeah, um, I'd agree. I think he retires. Um, I think Taysom Hill's got more of a chance of starting now than Teddy Bridgewater. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Lawrence? Yeah, I'll go with retire, but I I would go for Teddy Bridgewater starting quarterback week one. Okay. Uh, just before we're going to kind of transition into third down and third and ten now in terms of the draft, and one of the one of the teams uh, which is very interesting in this off season is the Carolina Panthers. Obviously, Cam Newton, number one himself, he is. Uh, I'll put in air quotes, I suppose, the starter, but with his health up in the air, and it has been for the last couple of years. Who knows? Um, a quick roundtable on this one. Obviously, if they cut Cam Newton or trade, you know, they can save 19 million in cap space as well. So they could could go into a full reboot. Re- rebuild mode obviously new uh, new coaching staff there as well with uh, Matt Roll uh, and the offensive coordinator from the from the LSU who currently currently escapes me so anyone wants to fill in on that one um yeah I mean Panthers is, a, is an interesting one but so what do we what do we reckon who starts week one or quarterback for Carolina Panthers you've got Cam Newton uh Carl Allen Will Greer or someone from the draft Alex we'll start with you I think Carl Allen probably starts week one. I think he showed an, uh, enough in that. I think Cam Newton goes during some point during the free agency period, and I think Carl Allen starts. Mm. Okay, Sean. Uh, the OC you're looking for is Joe Brady, um, Joe Brady and I. It. I think I, I don't. I don't really get the whole Cam thing. I don't know why there's this clamour for him to be moved on. I, I, I just see Cam starting up if he's healthy. Mm. Uh, Lawrence, I'll mix it up. I'll go with a trade up the Panthers trading up from the seventh pick to select either Burrow or Tua and for them to start week one okay there you go so good transition that into third and ten
quite a few teams that uh, need a quarterback who could address that in the first round of the 2020 draft. So what we're going to do here is we're going to go through a few teams, obviously start with Bengals uh, at number one, look at some of the QBs that are available to uh, to those teams uh, in this year's draft. Obviously, yeah, Lee, I'm going to be making a special appearance on the college podcast tomorrow. So uh, yeah, heads up on that one. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> uh, there we go. Uh, yeah, so we've, we've got obviously two attack of Iowa. We've got Joe Burrow. We've got Justin Herbert. We've got... Um, yeah, there's loads of QBs. Whether any of them are any good, I'll, I'll probably find out tomorrow from Lee. But we'll start off with obviously Bengals at number one. Lawrence, you said that um, the Carolina Panthers could could trade all the way up to number one. I just want to give out the last couple of years, or the last couple of big trades for, for teams that have traded up um, to go and get a QB. Uh, most recently, we've had uh, the Jets trade from number six to number three to go and get Sun Donald. They gave up three two second rounders to move up just those three spots. So probably, yeah, some people seem to think that it seems to take a lot to trade up. But if you've got the right conditions and you've got the right assets to sell, it doesn't actually take too much to, uh, you know, three second round picks, these, you know, all draft picks are dart throws at the end of the day, even if you are picking at number one overall. So, um, you know, to move up three spots for two, three second rounders uh, is not too much at all. And then, of course, Bears traded up to get the aforementioned Mitch Trubisky. They gave up uh, a third uh, a third round pick, number 67, and 111th overall, which was a fourth round pick, and then a third round the year after as well. That was to move up, uh, was it two, uh, to trade it up from three to number two. So, um, yeah, I'm not quite sure, <laughs> sure why they did that, but there we go. Um, and then finally, uh, Eagles made one of the bigger jumps, kind of like a, a Carolina, if you like. They traded from eight to number two to go and get Carson Wentz. They gave up a third round, a fourth round uh, the same year, and a first in 2017 and a second in at 2018 as well so if you think of it it doesn't actually take too much to go and get um you know to move up five or six spots and if you are someone like the carolina panthers who currently have what do they have they have them seventh pick um wouldn't take too much i mean even if they got to three or two you know detroit detroit lions at number three um certainly will will happily trade back i think in my opinion um so you know is, is two available at three? Yeah, possibly. Um, should be, be, be would be quite interesting. So, uh, Lawrence, what do we do? We see the Bengals coming out at number one. It's a tough one. I mean, you, you've got you've got the Ginger Prince, who is that sort of definition of mediocrity. Um, do you? You know, it's it's how much do you love Joe Burrow? You know, mm. you got you got to take away the you know the gaudy statistics and you've got to start looking into all the intangibles. That's why you have all your, all your scouts going out and doing all of their double, triple, quadruple homework into kind of every cough and sniff of Joe Burrow's lifestyle in the past, you know, five, six, seven years. And, and if they love him, they're going to want to keep him. Then you've also got Chase Young who is, you know, the, the latest kind of once-in-a-generation defensive talent. <laughs> every year, once, so, in, once in a yeah, generation. Yeah, every, every year we get one of, one of them. Um, and it's just crazy that he, he played alongside Nick Bosa at some point as well. Mm. So it's possible the Bengals suddenly go, gosh, we're going we're gonna to draft Chase Young number one. Then the Redskins are sitting there at number two. And we're like... <coughs> we don't we don't really really need a quarterback and we kind of we we wanted Chase Young so you know we can we can trade down and who's going to be the who's going to be the top bidder there 
And then if, if Joe Burrow is there at number two, it's going to be a feeding frenzy there. Mm-hmm. And then the Dolphins, you know, at number five, are they, are they still going to be able to get Tua at number five? You know, with the Hello. Lions at number three. Yeah. The Giants at four. And the Giants will not be going quarterback. We know that for a fact. So it's, you know, tough call. Tough call. Yeah, well, I, I I can't see any world where the Bengals go Joe Burrow, they, uh, go Chase Young. They'll either take Joe Burrow or they trade back. Um, but like you like you mentioned, uh, Miami are at number five. There are a couple of people rating two pounds, and it would absolutely be it would actually boggle my mind, Sean, if any neither of the Miami Dolphins, the LA Chargers at six, or Carolina at seven don't trade up and try and make a move for at least Tua, uh, let alone Joe Burrow. Yeah, quite possibly. I mean. I'm obviously, being a Browns fan, used to a team trading back in the draft. And what I would say is, if you're in a position to pick high and you see a quarterback that you like, just take him. And I think the Bengals will just stay put and they'll take him number one overall mm. in terms of Joe Burrow. Um, I think in terms of Tua, if he, if he lands to five, Miami will be delighted. All the talk in the season was tank for Tua, wasn't it? And that tank never really quite materialised. If they still end up getting him after winning five games, I think they'll be absolutely chuffed. Mm. Um, and I think to Lawrence's point, Chase Young's going to come off the board in the top five picks, you would imagine. Oh, he'll go um, second. Yeah, go so, second. you know, realistically, you know, Detroit are a bit of a pivot point, aren't they? So, you know, Detroit at three, Giants at four, they're, they're the two to watch out for. But, um, you know, ultimately, if you like a guy, just take him wherever you are. I think the Chargers are pretty much guaranteed to take one now at six, um, you know, if they don't make that move up earlier. Um, with the announcement today. So, you know, the, the three that have been talked about in all the mock drafts are obviously Burrow, Tua and Herbert. And I would imagine those three come off the board in the first six or seven picks. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fascinating because I could see, like I, said, I mentioned about Tom Brady to LA to put bums on seats. I can certainly see the Chargers moving up to, to three or four to... to kind of get over the Miami Dolphins um, to stag Tua. Uh, Tua is certainly a big enough name to put some bums on seats as well. So you know, by all accounts, Tua um, is, is doing quite well. And you know, but Miami do have the ammunition, uh, Alex, don't they? They've obviously got number five, but they've also got pick 18 and pick 26 from um, obviously the Minka Fitzpatrick and Laramie Tunstall trades. So uh, if, if Miami have the weapons, but the Chargers obviously could could maybe trump them. But we, we out of the two, which which do you think jumps up, or, do you, or Carolina as well? We can probably put in there as well. Um, I think if anybody jumps up, I think it's going to be Miami, and I and I can see that. Like you say, they've got the ammunition to be able to do that if they want to do that. Um, I think Joe Burrow goes first, the Bengals, and I don't, I can't see that changing. To be honest with you, I think it is interesting. Obviously, in the last week, we've had these rumours that uh, maybe he's going to be uh, pulling Eli Manning uh, and refusing to uh, to go to the Bengals. Obviously. Um, Carson Palmer came out and said last week that uh, that the Bengals are only built to lose. And interestingly, <laughs> Carson, pa- Carson Palmer's brother, Jordan Palmer, is the one training Joe Burrow before the draft. So maybe there is a little bit to that. But um, yeah, I think Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow first overall and then Miami maybe move up, maybe. Mm, that's putting two and two together and putting it and getting five. That's just classic off-season draft. Uh, Rima Mill, just front page selling, isn't it? Uh, if, you, if you ask me. But um, let's look at some dark horses then. Um, there are some other probably candidates that could take a quarterback. Now, uh, I've put the Jags down at number nine at slash 20. Obviously, they've got the pick from the Jalen Ramsey trade as well. Obviously, if they're not overly enamoured with Nick Foles or, or Gardner Minshew, obviously getting a first-round quarterback isn't the biggest uh, the biggest hit 
uh, to the uh, to the salary cap for for the team. So um, I've kind of put them as an out, outsiders for QB. You've got the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, the Indianapolis Colts, and Tampa Bay are at 12, 13, and fourteen respectively as well. So um, yeah, obviously there's needs elsewhere on on those teams, but um, I suppose they they can be classed as dark horses. And obviously New England at, at twenty three, if Tom Brady does indeed head over yeah, over to Pastures New over in California. Uh, quick round table: which of those, the Jags, the Raiders, the Colts, Tampa Bay? and New England which one takes the quarterback what's one is most likely to take a quarterback Lawrence I'll go with the Raiders um, the Raiders I th- yeah I think um, I think Derek Carr's time is up um, old Chucky wanted big things out of you know he wanted he wanted the Raiders in the playoffs in 2019 and I think he's he's felt let down and he, he's very vocal, and I think he would absolutely relish taking a quarterback and, and moulding him mm. from you know right from the outset. And, and it's kind of it's the it's the Gruden way all the way. So whether they can trade up for somebody like Justin Herbert, um, Jordan Love, Jacob Eason, um, you know that's that's kind of that second tier. Yeah. Um, it's 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 again, it's it, this this comes down to these people that you you know we don't know their names, but it's all these these scouts. So you've got a combination of those that are the former players that are looking to somehow climb the 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 totem pole of NFL executivedom, who kind of start off as as scouts, but then then you kind of got to look at kind of those the sort of veteran scouts. What are they finding out about these people, and where are they going on the on the boards? Absolutely love the um, kind of everything that's going on, and kind of all the you know where people are going up and down, and what they find out about these quarterbacks. Mm. So I can I can see the Raiders yep. making a big splash, and that they'll want to. It's it's kind of it's kind of inevitable that they've got to do something, you know, in, in their first season in LA. Some, they're going to do something spectacular. If it's not draft, if it's not draft a quarterback in the top five, then then they'll do something crazy for sure. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah, whoever they pick is probably going to do a dive into the, uh, the the waters of the Bellagio, aren't they? But there we go. Um, yeah, certainly Raiders is is is, a, is an interesting shout. Obviously, Derek Carr has a get uh, a contract that's easily. Uh, easy to get out and you know they could even get, roll with Derek Carr for a year and let the guys let whoever they select uh, sit for a year obviously it does wonders for uh, previous quarterbacks that have done that just watch the uh, Super Bowl that we've just had but Sean uh, quick one one word answer from you Patriots Ooh, Patriots. Oh, yeah. See, see, I say one word. Now, now you want me? I want more. <laughs> but we'll say we'll save that for for draft for more for draft season. Alex. Uh, yeah, Patriots. Patriots. Oh, double, double, double on Patriots. I'll go. I'll double up with uh, with. Uh, what will I go? I don't know where I'll go. I'll go Colts. I'll go something different. Um, right. Okay. That was third and de- uh, third and ten. That was uh, QBs likely to uh, teams that. Uh, go through the draft for their QBs so let's go fourth down let's round it out now with your down it's your vote it was the international series games fourth down 
So let's get it on the fourth and ten. So international series games, obviously, has been released recently. That's the Jaguars will be playing at back-to-back. Uh, one of the games that's slated to be against the Titans, uh, the other non-divisional opponents um, that the Jaguars will be playing at this season are the Steelers, the Bears, the Dolphins, the Browns, and the Lions. I did see somewhere that it won't be the Bears or the Steelers visiting uh, London, was but not to play the uh, Jaguars anyway. So that kind of leaves uh, just the Lions, the Dolphins, and the Browns. Obviously, all these teams have recently played. The Dolphins and Browns both played in 2017. The Lions a bit further back in 2015 as well. So, uh, I think of of the three, you probably have to think that the other the, the other one, apart from the Titans, I, I'd probably go the Lions just because they've not been here for yeah you know, they've been away for the longest. If you if you know what I mean. But Sean, I, I guess you'd be ecstatic if the Browns come back over. Yeah, well, hopefully it'll be a better experience than last time. That was obviously in the midst of the uh, 0-16 season, the last time they were over. So, yeah, it would be good to, to see, hopefully, a much better product. Um, I actually think that it probably will be the Browns, based on the opponents that are there. I think they've sort of indicated one game will be divisional. Um, and then, obviously, that would assume that the other one then wouldn't be. Um, so, you take away the two that you mentioned, the Bills, uh, sorry, the Bears and the Steelers, it effectively probably only leaves two teams because we'll talk about the other games. I think Miami are heavily rumoured to be hosting an international game also. Um, so you doubt that they would be involved in two of them. It probably then only leaves a, a straight toss-up between the Lions and the Browns. Only reason I'd say the Browns is, obviously, there's a lot of links. Um, Odell Beckham and the London Academy. It's probably an easier sell from a marketing perspective in terms of the big names that are on the Browns roster. Yes, they obviously need to perform. I'm not trying to kid anybody here. Um, they obviously need to actually produce it on the field. But I just think in terms of a, a sell for the league, I think it's probably the one that makes the more appeal. Um, so I'd imagine, like I say, I think it's definitely one of those two. Mm. I actually think it will be the Browns and Jugs in the second London game. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point about Odell Beckham and selling it and all that kind of stuff as well. So, yeah, it kind of makes a bit of sense, but we, should, we shall see. Alex, obviously, uh, the, other, the, the other kind of uh, bombshell that was dropped by Arthur Blank about the Falcons is that the uh, Broncos would probably play, but I don't think that's going to be in London. So, um, we can rule those two teams out from coming over. Uh, the only team, obviously, of course, that have not played over these shores yet is the Green Bay Packers. Alex, do we think that uh, they'll be over next year or next season? Um, I mean, I can see it. Obviously, the Packers, um, one of the more well-renowned worldwide fan bases in many respects. Um, so I, I can I can certainly see that. I'm not sure it's going to be this year. Um, I, I couldn't give you a possible reason for that. Um, just a <laughs> gut feeling. Um, but in general, we, we're talking about the Browns potentially heading over. Um, I think that would be a really good look, actually, uh, for the NFL. Um, they've got so many big names on that roster still. I just think that that would suit both the NFL and probably the Browns to some degree quite quite nicely. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you say that they, you don't have the gut feels this year, but I know last year, obviously, the two teams came over, the, the Texans and the Panthers, um, that have not played on these shores yet. So I do wonder if the NFL are trying to get all, three, uh, all, th- all 32 teams over as quick as possible so then they don't have to keep, you know, Getting getting it in the year about teams that haven't been over yet. So, uh, we'll, yeah, obviously they're not going to be hosting the home game. Let's, let's be honest. Um, but yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me to see them be, uh, have an away game. But is there any particular team that anyone wants to see over that's not maybe not been over for a while? Lawrence, do you want to see the Redskins back over? No, I don't, I don't want to see them <laughs> ever again. I'd love to. I'd love to see the Ravens. To be honest, I'd love. I'd no, love, your second love, husband. Love yeah, you got a hotel booked to, to ready of you. Second, yeah, to have my husband come over and play in front of me. That would be brilliant. Premier, but Premier I'm, in and Wembley Walk. Oh yes, oh god, I'd just be drooling the whole game. It would be ridiculous. <laughs> um, 
just just on the on the game front, I I I do think the NFL wanna wanna kind of you know get all thirty two off there off you know on their a tick on on the list. So I think the Packers as the you know a supposed road team. So I can see a Packers Colts game. I think that would be pretty magnificent. And then we know that the Dolphins and the Falcons will be playing in either um, London or Mexico. So mm. I think there's a distinct possibility we've got a, a Falcons-Jags and a Dolphins-Jags game in there. Definitely one of the two. Well, I no, the, I, um, yeah, I think the Falcons think the, are for Broncos, aren't they? Yeah, I think the Falcons Broncos, Tim. I know you said there that you didn't think it was in London. I think Arthur Blank, but you know, almost sort of confirmed that it was in London. So, oh, did he? Oh, I, I got from my, one of my sources that that would be the Mexico game. But okay, I'd go to a Falcons Broncos game. Yeah, that's that. That's what I. That's what I'd read. I, you know, I could well be wrong, mate. You may well have got it right, but I, I was under the assumption that that one was was almost confirmed, and the um, the Dolphins and Patriots is sort of heavily rumored to be the Mexico game. Um, which you know potentially does still then free up Green Bay for um, obviously a road game to fill out the final of the four that we're going to get in London next year potentially. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Interesting to see. Obviously, um, Tottenham games. There's been obviously no really word on on that, but um, obviously if the Falcons and the Broncos is over, that's obviously going to be one of those games there. So um, yeah, get your get your season tickets out there ready. Um, yeah, well, obviously, I've got no hope for Dallas coming back over. They'll be they'll be once a decade kind of team, but um, yeah, we can only hope. We can only hope indeed. Um, okay, let's get out of here. I think that's going to do it for the the podcast. Uh, congratulations to Sean on his uh, on his quiz win in first and ten. He fist pump in there. I like to see it. Ah, there you go. Look, look at that camaraderie. Um, so yeah, I can see the referees running in. It's time for the two minute warning. So, yep, your full 10 yards at plug just before we get out of here. Lots of content going up on the website over the uh, over the last couple of weeks, to be quite honest. We've had season in, uh, season reviews uh, going. I, can't, I don't know what. I've lost count on what teams are on now, but we've only got a couple left to go, so we must be in the in the 20s somewhere. But, uh, yeah, if you uh, want to relive your team season, the, there's a good chance that you're Article, the article is up on the website for your teams at season review so go and check those out like I say Alex has put a Byron Jones article out there for Dallas Cowboys fans uh, as well just to see the pros and cons to keeping him and uh, whether or not what, what it would take to maybe keep him or, or, or let him go what what could happen there uh, Sean obviously at the top of the show we mentioned uh, XFL content is coming thick and fast obviously with the opening weekend just gone so uh, make sure you head over if you anything XFL um, yeah obviously not a nice season season preview on there as well in terms of the rules because it is a bit funky. There are some interesting, uh, some interesting things going on there, especially with the kickoff. I mean, it's really, it's really weird waiting. Yeah, all the, all the, was it ten players waiting patiently in a line until the guy catches the ball? That's it's quite, quite weird. Um, yeah, could you, could you imagine if that was in the NFL? There'd be tr- people trying to get an edge on that. I'm not quite sure how you would, but I'm sure they'd certainly try it. But yeah, it certainly is a weird sight to just see two, two lines of people standing there, almost like a guard of honour, isn't it? Um, but there we go. Um, so like I say, yeah, college podcast tomorrow. I'm going to be on the college podcast as well uh, tomorrow. So God help me on that one. Wish me all the best. <laughs> uh, talk about... Um, Good t- luck. Good t- luck. Talk about going into the deep end. But uh, yeah, I will be appearing on that. But, um, yeah, we've, we've recently uh, acquired some some new writers, some new content uh, will be coming your way as well. So obviously keep your eyes peeled. But that is going to do it for the podcast. Anyone anyone got any any words they want to say before we go? Anything they want to shout? Have I missed anything? 
Not that you've missed anything, mate. Like you say, just you know, big shout out to the to the previews that Michael put out for the XFL. Really, really in depth. Um, you know, we're pretty unique in that aspect, sort of covering that throughout the off season. Mm. Um, you know, so like you say, keep your eyes and ears peeled. Um, quite ironic as we've been on this podcast with some breaking news that we've already seen a defensive coordinator fired. <laughs> They're not taking long to uh, change the personnel in the XFL. Um, so we'll cover that. And I should just mention, actually, because we didn't do it on the um, Super Bowl podcast, just in terms of coaching assistants. We talked a lot about Carl Shanahan last week. Just a big shout out to Katie Sowers, who obviously became mm. the first female assistant to coach in a Super Bowl last week. Mm. Uh, we should have probably mentioned that last week. There was a lot of talk about girl power in the halftime show, but uh, some serious girl power there. So congratulations to her. Just thought I should mention that. No, absolutely. I think I saw someone else getting an internship uh, with the team. I can't remember the name. The name escapes me. That, that was flitting about on Twitter earlier. So um, I'll get the name for that for the next podcast. Okay, let's get out of it. It's uh, late slate at night. We've, we've, got, um, we've got to get to our beds, haven't we? So uh, really appreciate you listening, all the listeners out there. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, tell all your friends. We'd very much appreciate it. We're going to keep going into the off-season because uh, we do not stop here at the full 10 yards. Thanks to Alex and Lawrence and Sean for joining me today. Uh, we'll be back again, obviously, next week uh, with some new topics. We'll probably talk. I'm not quite sure what we're talking about yet. I've got the schedule somewhere. But, um, yeah, obviously, fourth down, we'll put out another vote. Um, so, yeah. Any ideas for fourth down? Give us a shout at full 10 yards on the, the Twitter. But I've been Timothy Lambert Monk. I've been your host. So, in the meantime, it's goodbye from Lawrence. Take care, everybody. It's goodbye from Alex. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Sean. Cheers, buddy. In the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye bye for now. Bye bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.